0: It's Friday night, and the mood is right. We're gonna have some fun, show you how it's done, TGI. Welcome back to the TGI podcast, and we're back with another episode of Christmas in July. I hope you had a safe and happy 4th of July. And with most of those celebrations officially now on the back burner, we are finally on the downturn of summer but don't fret that means we're just that much closer to the burr months and many of ours favorite time of the year so last week we hit another classic television show with happy days and we're doing so again this week with another cast member from happy days now on to the show I hope you were whistling along with that theme song. And obviously that means this week we're covering the one and only Christmas episode from the Andy Griffith Show titled Christmas Story. This episode, it debuted on December 19th, 1960, and it was the 11th episode of the show's first season. So... As you know, I always like to kind of go through and talk about my own history with the show, and I don't have an overly strong feeling toward this show. I couldn't tell you how many episodes I've actually watched. I've seen bits and pieces. I know I had never seen this episode before. But despite my lack of history with the show, there is a certain person in my life who loves this show, and that is my father. I know this was one of his favorite shows growing up. It was one that I could remember when it was really hitting through the reruns phase of the 90s, early 2000s. He had it on TV all the time, all the time, and I just never got into it. I don't really know why, but... The show itself makes me think of him, and so I kind of felt like I had to do this one. When when you're talking about classic television, this is certainly one of those ones that hits home, not only for me, but I think for a lot of other people. So just like I talked about with the Honeymooners episode, how that was a show I strongly associate with my grandfather, this is a show that I strongly connect with with my own father. So The Andy Griffith Show, it ran from October 3rd, 1960 to April 1st, 1968. The show had a total of 249 episodes. 159 of those were in black and white, 90 of those were in color, so it was right in the middle of that transition period in American culture. In terms of things going from black and white and uh, to folks actually owning color TVs. So it's interesting how many of those uh, episodes uh, kind of split. It wasn't a, a down-the-middle type of split, but there were more color episodes than I would have expected. This show, it's one of only three series that finished out its final season at the number one spot in the ratings, which is very impressive, alongside I Love Lucy, iconic show, another one that... That's an episode I think we'll have to get to sometime next year when we do Christmas in July again, assuming I do the classic take. Once again, another show, Seinfeld, finished its run as the number one show on TV. It's a very hard thing to accomplish. I think you see that with a lot of television nowadays. Stuff really gets sort of stretched out a bit too long. But very telling that... This show, along with I Love Lucy and Seinfeld, are the only three that ever finished at the number one spot, which I think is very cool. This show, it originated off an episode of The Danny Thomas Show, and eventually had its own spinoff of Gomer Pyle USMC, which ran from 1964 through 1969, and and the series also had another spinoff titled Mayberry RFD, which I had no idea about. Zero clue about this, but it featured Ken Berry. It ran for 78 episodes before it ended in 1971. So that's one I had zero idea about. I guess it kind of held true to the Mayor Berry thing, but Andy Griffith was gone, Ron Howard was gone, and all that. But I do believe Don Knotts was still sort of part of it and all that. This show itself stars Andy Griffith. That makes sense, right? As Andy Taylor, Don Knotts starred as Barney Fife, Francis Bevere, uh, Start as Aunt B Taylor and Ron Howard, who obviously we discussed last week with our Happy Days episode played Opie Taylor This episode also features Will Wright as Ben Weaver Sam Edwards as Sam Muggins and Margaret Carey as Beth Muggins. Before we go any further, we do need to head into one of our new segments Now it is time for a Christmas Connection the Christmas connection this week very easy one and that's with the show's star Andy Griffith while he did put out a Christmas album, he was obviously a musician, we know that from this particular episode, but I think sort of famously, infamously however you want to put it he was the narrator to Frosty's Winter Wonderland in the 1976 Rankin Bass special You've heard the old familiar tale how Frosty came to life But do you know the story of how Frosty took a wife? Frosty the Snowman is a fairy tale, they say. He was made of snow, but the children know how he came to life one day. This version is the sequel to the original Frosty the Snowman uh, that aired in 1969. I am very partial to the original, so I've not watched this version as many times as I've seen the original. But it's still one that gets put into the Christmas rotation in December. Maybe I'll catch it briefly, but I very rarely go out of my way for it. But if you do want to hear me discuss the original special, I recommend giving Jerry D's podcast "Totally Rad Christmas" a listen from last December, I believe, where Jerry, myself, and Mike from the Advent Calendar House we discussed Frosty at length. I don't know enough about greenhouses for that. I know that you can't lock them from the in from the outside though. Yeah there's no point oh no (laughs) absolutely no purpose unless you're trapping snowmen (laughs) not that kind of greenhouse (laughs) (laughs) no No. didn't already listen to that one please go do it totally rad christmas also give uh mike's podcast advent calendar house a listen because it is very good and i know mike has a lot of christmas and july things coming out this month as well so be sure to give him a listen so back to this episode in particular IMDb offers up this synopsis of the show, saying, quote, crotchety old businessman Ben Weaver wants moonshiner Sam Muggins locked up for Christmas. But, after seeing the holiday spirit in Andy's jail, he tries to be arrested himself. I'll tell you what, I read this synopsis before watching the episode, and I was like, what the hell am I about to watch? It it, it makes more sense when you actually see it, but in... Just, you know, either for you hearing this or for me reading this, I was like, what in the world is about to happen in this episode? This episode opens up, we're in the jail, police office, whatever you want to call it, and Barney and Andy are receiving some Christmas cards in the mail. We immediately get this joke about the Hobatures sending a card from state prison, and Barney, he's just happy the whole family can spend time together as a family in jail, which, had the the crowd eating it up in the the laugh track here in this episode for some reason. And then Barney, he gets a personal card, but he's very shy and very coy about it. He won't let Andy know who it's from, even though it makes him smile and maybe even a little giddy to a certain extent. But he eventually caves, and he says it's from Hilda May. And Andy's got this big old s eaten grin on his face. <laughs> For lack of better uh, phraseology here, and he asks Barney to tell him what was so sweet inside this card. He doesn't want to budge, but Andy, he's persistent. We find out that it says "Merry Christmas, Barney Parney Pooh. which, of course, is the single funniest thing that any of these people have ever heard in their entire lives. I mean, the I don't know if this was filmed in front of a live studio audience. But at the very least, the laugh track thinks this is hilarious. But I guess in 1960, Barney Parney Poo was hilarious and the height of humor uh, on television at that time. But Aunt B, she calls up and we find out they're having a Christmas party that night. So presumably it's Christmas Eve. Andy tells her he doesn't want to play Santa before he finally suggests, How about Barney does it? And then he says he suppose uh, he supposes he could tell Opie that that Santa went on a diet and and that's why he's so thin. I did find that part a little bit funny. Barney, um, you know, he, he's not so sure about the idea uh, of being of being Santa Claus, but he finally buys in uh, to all this and. But there's a moment where Barney tells him he's not going to be able to come because as long as they have prisoners in the cells at the jail, he can't just leave. They can't just leave these people overnight by themselves. Which, again, this, this <laughs> sheriff police department is clearly stretched a little thin when these are the only two people who are able to keep an eye on things um, at any given time. But in this moment, Andy tells Barney... That a lot of what they do is to try to teach these folks, locked up, a lesson. And in a way, their teachers and the prisoners are students. So then he says, well, you know, students, they deserve a break for Christmas. So then he decides to leave, to let them leave jail. He lets them out. (laughs) I mean, what is this? What in the world is going on? I literally was shocked watching this he's just like all right you guys can leave what like I was so thrown off I did not in any way shape or form see this coming and then he told everyone you know just come back after Christmas you know why not we could trust these people right the these criminals who were in jail we could trust them to just go home but they'll be back the next day I mean, this whole thing, like if you could, uh, I wish I had like a camera reaction to, to myself watching this just to see my face when Andy's just like, yeah, we can just let everybody go. So strange. So weird. Did not see that coming at all. But Barney, now all of a sudden he's on board with playing Santa and everybody's ready to leave. They're going to go home. They're going to enjoy this party is where Mr. Weaver comes in. He's dragging in Sam Edwards for moonshining, and he even brings in the evidence. And Sam then admits he, he didn't make it to sell. I only made it for my family to enjoy for the holidays. But Mr. Weaver, he's just a jag. I mean, this guy is a jerk. He is the Scroogian character in this. He's having none of it. He wants Sam put in jail, and he's kind of on the fence. With all this, you know, he's like, hey, it's Christmas. Look, I'll rest him after Christmas, and then we'll try him. But Mr. Weaver here, going full on Scrooge, like I mentioned, and he says he's keeping an eye on the jail. And if Sam doesn't stay in there the entire time, he'll report Andy and Barney, and then he storms off. First impression, like I said, Mr. Weaver, he's a jag but we've seen this trope before we've seen it we we've seen someone in a christmas episode be the scrooge like character but he he seems even a little worse than that he he seems like mr potter from it's a wonderful life like he just wants your life to be bad like he just wants to be Evil for the sake of being evil, not because it doesn't seem like he's fully on board with it because they're breaking the law. It seems like he wants to be the guy who's right in this situation. And he's, you know, a little handcuffed here. So he's like he ends up putting Sam in jail and and Sam's talking about he feels so bad he can't spend Christmas with his family Barney kind of pleads with Andy here to let Sam out, but he's like, look, you know, it's not a good thing if we get caught. If Mr. Weaver calls the officials and everything and they find out that not only did we not keep Mr. Weaver, that we let all these other people out, like it's not going to be good. And the mood goes somber before we get this quote from Andy where he says there's more than one way to pluck a buzzard and then heads out the door. I've never heard that, that phrase ever in my life, but now I kind of feel like I need to say, there's more than one way to pluck a buzzard. But we see Andy, he's running out to pick up Sam's family, and Mr. Weaver, of course, sees it. He's not happy. He's again getting upset and with everything that's going on. Andy then, in in his way of justice and passive-aggressiveness here, decides that he's going to lock up Sam's family with him. That way they can all spend the holiday together. But Mr. Weaver, again, he comes in. He's all upset. He's all upset that the family's in there. He thinks all this makes no sense whatsoever. And just then, we have Barney. He comes in with a big old fresh Christmas tree. He starts setting it up in the jail. And at first you're kind of like, what's going on? Aunt B, she follows up behind. She's got this delicious-looking turkey. There's more food out in the car, and then we find out there's a full-on party set place uh, set to take place inside the jail. And Mr. Weaver is huffing and puffing. And I gotta admit, I love the level of pettiness that Andy has in this moment. He's like, you want me to put this guy in jail? Fine. But I'm going to bring the party here. I'm going to bring his family here. We're going to have Christmas here so he doesn't end up missing out on it. So I do love this passive aggressiveness from Andy here at this part of the episode. Barney, he also has a small tree to put in the cell with Sam and his family because got to give it to Barney here. He's thinking of all angles. Everybody inside there starts singing Deck the Hall. Uh, Deck the Hall is before Mr. Weaver. He storms out of the building. And we see him walk behind the jail and we see him look through the jail bars, which is also kind of funny that there's just this sort of airflow, that there's these bars, but nothing stopping anything from flying through there. Uh, but it is, you know, it's TV in the 1960s, so I'm not going to harp on it too much. But we see him sort of longingly look inside, but you're still kind of like, you know, this Mr. Weaver's a jag. We jump in the next scene. Opie runs in to say there's a robber outside. They run back out and we see Mr. Weaver is stealing a bench from the courthouse. And now, obviously, if he's stealing, he has to get locked up. But Andy's like, yeah, you know what? It's not a big deal. You can go ahead and go. And Mr. Weaver's huffing and puffing. He's angry that he's not getting arrested. And at this point, I honestly hadn't picked up on what was happening. And I'm like, what the hell is this guy doing? Like, this guy's just being a jerk to be an even bigger jerk. But in the following scene, we see Mr. Weaver parking in front of a fire hydrant. And Barney brings him into the jail, gives him a ticket, and he rips up the ticket. So, obviously, Mr. Weaver wants a reason to be locked up. And Annie explains he can just pay the $2 fee. So I got to pay for this parking ticket. But Mr. Weaver's like, nope, put me in jail. I broke the law. So they end up, they kick him out of the jail cell and they tell him they won't keep him in. And they're like, it's not a big deal. Just go home. And we see him leave some sad music plays in the background. And I think it was in this moment where I was finally starting to understand where they wanted to go with this episode. But I still wasn't 100% sure how they get there. Now next, in the next scene, uh, everybody, they light up the tree, everybody loves it, and despite it being a jail cell, I will admit, it looks very nice. It looks kind of comfy, cozy, again, despite the fact that it's actually a jail. And then we get this moment while, uh, with Andy playing the guitar, and he's singing Away in the Manger with Ellie, who is played by Eleanor Donahue, and the scene ends with us seeing Mr. Weaver once again, looking through the jail bars from outside and singing along. So, if you haven't picked up on it by now, it's obvious that Mr. Weaver doesn't have anybody to spend the holidays with. And he kind of is jealous of what's going on and he wants to be there himself. But then, at that moment, we hear some sleigh bells and Santa Barney makes his way inside He's a little small for the gig, not going to lie there, but he's giving it his best. He's certainly trying, so you have to give him credit for that. And we hear some commotion outside before Andy discovers Mr. Weaver out back. Mr. Weaver once again tries to get himself arrested before Andy realizes exactly what he's trying to do. And it kind of clicks, and I think the audience is meant to sort of click here on this moment and realize what's actually happening. So Mr. Weaver, he plays it off that he wouldn't attempt something foolish like getting arrested uh, before we see Mr. Weaver pull pulled in by Andy. And he says, in, in the next scene, we see him, he, he says he arrested Ben, but he needed to stop at his shop first. And then he tells Barney to open up Mr. Weaver's suitcase, and we find out it is completely filled with toys. And we see the crotchety old man turn into the sweetheart, starts handing out gifts to all the kids, to Sam and his wife, to Barney and Andy, Uh, and then Aunt B hands him a plate of food, and and we head into the break. I kind of thought this was going to be the end of it, but we get this sort of strange (laughs) circumstance here at the end, where everyone's leaving, Andy says he'll go ahead and stay behind, because... Now that they have people, uh, Mr. Weaver particularly, in there. Somebody has to keep an eye on everybody. And he tells Sam uh, he better get up so he can put the kids to bed. Clearly not going to uh, press any charges on him. And he goes to give Sam the moonshine bottle back before they realize it is empty. And Andy's like, "Whoa, whoa, whoa, I definitely didn't drink it. But he left it in Mr. Weaver's cell. And that's when we close out this episode by finding out That Mr. Weaver apparently drank an entire jug of moonshine. He's fast asleep. And that ends Christmas Story from the first season of The Andy Griffith Show. As always, we like to determine if an episode should be deemed a holiday classic. And for this, I'm giving it a... You got it, dude! I'm not going to lie. This one, I kind of teeter back and forth with as to whether or not I could give this one a You Got It, Dude. And I'm probably more in the middle, uh, but I do think it's something that if I saw it was on again, I'm not going to turn it off. I do like we get this uh, Mr. Weaver turning into a big softie at the end, sort of like a Linus moment, kind of. I mean, we don't really see it click with him, but it's kind of that general idea. But the fact that he drank it and. Bottle of bootshine, like ooh. I mean, I understand like what this what the show is trying to be at the time and to show like the South or whatever, but that whole thing was just odd. And and Andy just telling the inmates to come back after Christmas and be all good, uh, that was also weird. But I think the atmosphere, the singing. Uh, it was enough to sort of change the tide for me, but I can understand why people wouldn't have this on like a, a list of things I had to watch every year. Uh, if I would go back and change anything in this episode, I think I would want more Opie in it. He's very young, obviously it's the first season, but I think they really could have leaned into something more child-centric instead of this old man, because... I We all know that that's sort of like a, a key part of uh, the holiday season and Christmas is seeing it through the eyes of a child. And I think it would have been better with a little more Opie in it. Um, but I do understand that uh, that it's just one of those things that this is an episode that I'm sure if you grew up with it, you would probably really like it. Uh, for myself, it's just one that uh, I'm not going to go out of my way, but I don't hate it. Uh, that's there's Like I said, it's kind of like right in the middle for me. But with that, we now have just one more episode remaining in our classic Christmas in July, and we're going to close out the month with an episode from the Mary Tyler Moore show. Super excited about this one. I've never seen it, but when I was looking through a lot of lists of the best sitcom television episodes of all time this is one that kept coming up over and over and over again I've never watched it before but I am very excited to watch it and uh, following that episode we will return again in October for spooky month I'll kind of talk a little bit more about that in our final episode for Christmas in July about what's to come I do think there it's going to be a little bit different than what we've done in the past but I do think it's going to be pretty fun uh, also, if you don't already, be sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram by searching TGI Podcast. Also, please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. It helps us so much, especially with this time of year starting to ramp up here in a couple months. And it'll be easier for folks to find us if you review us on Apple Podcasts. Let me know. Send me a message on either Facebook or Instagram. I will send you a free TGI Podcast sticker. Again, thanks again for listening, and I will talk to you all very soon. The TGI podcast is written, produced, and hosted by me, Matt Urich. You can find me on Twitter at Matt yurick, And be sure to rate and review this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Anchor, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts.